San Jose, California, it's the Frugal Life Podcast. And here's the host, Ricky Hershey. Hi, this is Ricky. I'm slightly sick. I'm also on vacation right now, so I don't have my good microphone set up. Uh, But I have my interview um, all set up now. I think there's some audio quality issues, uh, so please excuse any problems you hear with the audio. But I thought the interview was great, and I wanted to share it with you anyways. So stay tuned in and listen to this fantastic interview with David and Dana. All right. Oh, and there should be a short announcement uh, episode coming up as well. Uh, Be sure to listen to that. Okay, perfect. Today I am joined by Dana and David Hagstrom, and they have a fantastic story about moving their lives to Mexico. So Dana and David, thank you for joining me on The Frug Life. I just wanted to jump right in and ask a few questions about your journey. Specifically, could we talk a little bit about your journey to retirement and how you ended up in Mexico? First of all, thanks, Ricky. We appreciate you having us on your podcast. Yes, we are, we are very happy to be here. Oh, glad to have yeah, you. Thank so you. our retirement journey started back in 2015. I'll never forget the night, actually. I was working on something, you know, in the living room, and David comes out to me and he says, you know, I've been crunching our retirement numbers, and I, I'm not sure we're going to be able to retire for another, you know, six or eight more years. I just sort of looked at him and I said, oh, okay. And uh, then he said, unless we do something really crazy and move to Mexico this year, we could do it this year. And I jumped up <laughs> and said, let's do it. And that's where our journey began that night. And a little over a year later, we are now... We were on our way to Mexico. We've been here for three years now and having an absolute blast. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Wait, so what uh, what drove you to Mexico in particular? Well, there are three variables that uh, I think that really sealed the deal. One was cost of living. Mm -hmm. One was the climate. It is just an incredible uh, temperate area that we are in, we don't have or air conditioning and don't need them. Mm-hmm. And the third is the culture. We have had Mexican friends for years and grown to love them and their way of life and their culture and their food. <laughs> that too. Mm-hmm. And so those three factors drew us here. And then of course we looked for there are a variety of other things we looked for. And I think that when we started, we had about 12 different places in Mexico we were considering. And then we just started started looking at each of them and saying, do they have uh, the various things that we'd like to have in a place to live? Okay. Oh, wow. And which, um, we can go as detailed as you want, but um, what did you end up deciding 
Uh, did you have a process where you narrowed it down to just a few? We did. We did. I had a spreadsheet where I worked out the various things that we were looking for in terms of, well, for example, uh, given that we were retiring, one of the things we wanted to make sure is that we had medical care close by. And mm -hmm. we wanted to be close to a major international airport. Because we want to get back and visit friends and family in the United States, of course. Mm -hmm. And we had a number of other things. I can't remember exactly what they, what they all were right offhand, but we had spent, we spent uh, a number of months doing our due diligence before we selected a place. And then once we had done so, we flew down here and took a look at it and fell in love. Uh, and mm -hmm. then uh, came back a few months later to find a place to rent. Oh, wow. Well, that's fantastic. God, I, uh, it's not a simple thing. So it, it, it was good that we, we took some time to downsize what we were taking. And we learned a lot through that process. If mm -hmm. we were to do it over, I think we'd do some things different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what things would you do different? Probably perhaps? the biggest thing we'd do different is that we would devote more time to downsizing and getting down to what hopefully what we could carry in a couple suitcases or maybe a small U-Haul. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a, a process I can relate to. I just moved about a week ago. So <laughs> I know what it's like to put all your life into a small U-Haul. Right. And it's uh, when you've had a full professional life together and uh, raised children and you're at retirement, it's amazing how much stuff you have uh, accumulated over the years. Oh, I'm sure a lot more than I had. Oh, my. Well, that's great. Did, did you have any other tips on uh, selecting a place or what to do when you're actually pulling the trigger? be good to find a community of people who have already done it and and meet with them um i know there was on lakeside mm -hmm. here there is a community we didn't get and we got with another company but to to talk with people that have already done it you're going to learn a lot from those folks and to what you're doing or not it's up to you but mm -hmm. sometimes you know not trying to recreate the wheel can be a good thing. Yeah, I don't have my hands on it right here, but when we were moving abroad, we had someone that actually had a 90-day count email countdown that they sent out to you of telling you tasks that needed to be done and when they should be done. And we threw ourselves into getting all those tasks done before we came. Right. And then being in contact with immigration to make sure it's on the most up-to-date rules, you know, on being an expat or how you mm -hmm. want to do your visa. You know, there's things that you have to do in advance. So those are things to check out. If you if you picked a country or a place you're wanting to move to, you want to be in touch with their immigration law. Like 
brought four dogs across the border when we drove across and we understood that three can come across for free, but the fourth one you're going to have to pay. And then you're also going to have to make sure all of their shots are up to date. And, you know, there's a lot of hoops you had to jump through to bring a pet across the border. Well, you had to have the right paperwork done and signed. Our vet was really great in working with us. And so, you know, having all your ducks in a row so you don't get stuck at the border, wherever, whatever. Between uh, the Mexican consulate in the United States and then immigration once we arrived here. Oh, wow. Those things went. So tell me how... um. Could you tell me a little bit about how you actually do immigrate Three years to ago, Mexico? But yes. It changes too. So I'd be afraid to give any sort of what type you of you know, even since we've been here, rules like have that. changed on how to import your car or, you know, how to become a permanent resident mm-hmm. versus a temporary resident. So I'd really I as soon as I say it, it might change tomorrow. So okay. <laughs> what I would say is that you start with the Mexican the United States closest to mm-hmm. you. Uh, don't rely on just getting a tourist visa coming down and figuring you'll do it uh-huh. once you get here. Start in the United States before you okay. come. I, uh, I, I, sorry, I just have to share really quickly. If you, uh, you may have listened to a previous episode or maybe not, but in that, uh, I interview someone named Andrew who has moved to the Philippines and it, he has done exactly what you're describing. He has gone there on a tourist visa and he intends to stay. And so it's, it's refreshing to hear a very different perspective. So thank you for, for sharing. Sure. And, you know, folks do come and do that very same thing. Stay on a tourist visa for a short time, but then you have to know what your window is and make sure you get other country. So you was just gonna I just said something about the um the tourist visa is another option. However, it's not long term. You'd you'd have to be making a lot of trips back and forth to renew that. We may be cutting in and out just a touch here. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well I, I think I'll have some findings to report to my friend. So what can can we talk about a little bit what you do now in Mexico? Mm-hmm. We're excited about that. When we when we came down here, we really didn't have much idea mm-hmm. of exactly what we'd be doing other than learning a new language and getting to know the people and culture here. Uh-huh. But soon after we came, we well, we had already been doing some blogging. We had blogged mm-hmm. about our journey to retirement. We had blogged about uh, our journey learning a new language. And uh-huh. that led us to some other things in terms of we started to think about how to monetize our blogs mm-hmm. and how to make some money to help support extra things we wanted to do during retirement. And that led us to a, a community of friends that are working, uh, doing online marketing. And from there, our skills and our investment continued to grow as we got involved and began learning new things ourselves. Uh So now we find ourselves in a niche where we provide coaching to other online marketers, especially those getting started. And uh, we have developed a signature process that Mm -hmm. 
leads them through the steps that they need in order to build a sound foundation for their online marketing business, how to uh, lay a pipeline for profit that um, is is built well Mm -hmm. so that when they bring in leads on one end, they lead to uh, paying clients on the other end, and then how to Mm -hmm. release the flow of traffic and leads and cash flow into and through their business. We've got several steps that we walk people through in each of those stages. Mm -hmm. To help folks not be overwhelmed. You know, folks that want to get started Mm -hmm. in a business and don't know where to start for one, or if they've been in business for a while, but aren't seeing the kind of results that, that they're looking for, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they're doing things out of order. And it's not their fault. They just don't know any better. And, you know, that was kind of us a couple years ago. We didn't know any better. But over time, you know, trial and error, if we can take somebody's, you know, from the start and shorten their learning curve because of what we've learned, that's what we're we're all about. And could you tell me a little bit about who, who you're targeting here? Is this t- geared towards... Um, an entrepreneur that's running their own digital marketing or a entrepreneur who runs a digital marketing like firm type thing. Okay. Okay. We work mm-hmm. from primarily with people that have their established their own digital marketing business. Um, some call them solopreneurs and they may be a couple or they may have a, di- okay. you know, a, a virtual assistant, but uh, no, we don't really work with larger agencies. Mm -hmm. Work with the individuals that want to create a, an income for them, an income stream for themselves outside of their nine to five job or pension account. So could we, um, can we talk a little bit about what you offer and how it differs maybe from uh, some of the other courses I've heard of, you know, like the, uh, well, I think Ty Lopez has a digital marketing course, right? What we find is that lots of people have courses that focus on one particular part of the process. For example, if you want to market on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram, they will show you how to get leads on those. But if you haven't built a sound foundation in terms of who is your target market and what exactly are you offering them and how does your product stand out and what solution or what problem can you solve for someone else? It's, it's very difficult to stand out based on just the features of, of what you offer. And what we find is that so many people offer um, partial solutions that deal with one part of the process and they do it well. I, I'm not bad-mouthing any of them, but our particular niche is leading people through the whole process of building their business and showing them what skills they need to learn at what time and even if they want to supplement with other courses or things to tell them 
which ones would be most helpful at which part of the process. Exactly. Take them at a, to a pretty pretty nice level of, of showing them what is possible and how to do it and give them you know easy bite-sized chunks so that they're not feeling overwhelmed. Because a lot of times we get these courses and they're great, but they're so jam-packed with stuff, people just get stuck and don't maybe execute what they've learned. They've spent all this money and if they're not executing what they learn as they learn it, it's it's almost a waste of money and that's hard. So if they understand how the process works and find something that they really resonate with after going through the process, then they can go back and focus more okay. more intently with those courses. That's great. A lot of courses over the over the years. So that there's good stuff out there, but it isn't necessarily going to be the answer you need. Um, it might be a time. You just don't. You just don't know. When you look at the percentage of small business starts that fail, and the percentage that succeed, what we want to do is to show people how to become profitable as soon as possible and to do it without facing that overwhelm that often happens. Okay. Do you um do you have some tips maybe you want to share right now with some of the audience? Some uh, exact steps that they need to move forward? Mm -hmm. Well, like I said, the first yeah. part is building the foundation for your business. Answering basic questions mm -hmm. Like, where am I headed? What is what is my ideal look like? And, you know, and to be as particular as they can about uh, describing that their ideal future. And then we can start to enumerate the steps on the way to get there. They all need to think very clearly about what problem they're solving and who exactly needs that solution. And then to get very clear on their target market and who they're seeking to reach and also be clear on how they are going to monetize this. And so many come in with a dream that they're going to sell $20 widgets and make $15 a piece and without having figured out, well, exactly how many of those do I need to sell in order to make the living that I'm that I desire, and sometimes we need to, you know, help people face reality and say that, you know, in order to build a viable business, you're going to have to have a a certain type of product mix, and you have to decide if you're willing to work that hard mm -hmm. and sell that many to make, you know, make the income that you're looking for. That's the first stage, is just dealing with all those foundational questions. Mm -hmm, and course. I have summarized that uh, there, but uh, there's you know so much more detail we could get into. Next stage is thinking through and um, coming up with a, a strategy for how you're going to get your leads. And we have several different strategies that we can help people with. But you need to know what you're going to be offering people in exchange for their contact information. 
You can't just start selling people before you even know them. Uh, very seldom will that work. You need to take time to, to uh, build an audience and uh, build that know, like, and trust factor with them. And uh, that's something that usually takes time. And inconsistency. And you follow up with them via, whether it's via social media or email or YouTubes, or there's, again, an, a number of different strategies that can be used to warm up people once you have them as leads. Mm -hmm. Eventually, of course, you want to sell them something, but you want to sell them something that they need, that they really desire. The ideal somebody that's mm -hmm. looking for a product and all you maybe do is convince them to get mm -hmm. it from you. Uh, you're not trying to convince them that they need something that they don't. And once, we've, uh, once we've put together a process that works and that we can see working from beginning to end, from getting leads to uh, establishing your authority, to warming people up, to... Um, leading them to the place of having that first sale. Now, if you've got a workable process, now we can begin to work on how do we, how do we get more leads mm -hmm. through uh, free, uh, mark, free, me free means of marketing using social media, or how do we continue to build our authority through a blog or a YouTube channel or other uh, forms of communication. How do we, and at what point is it, does it work for us to begin doing uh, paid ads without, so that we're making money rather than losing it? We've talked to so mm -hmm. many people who think that they, they've got a product, now they'll just start putting out some Facebook ads and end up losing a lot of money. Uh, not, um, they don't have a process that, that works as yet. And then once we've got a business that's running, we can look at how to scale it up in a way that, that works. It's interesting that most uh, businesses fail at exactly that point where they try to scale up faster than their cash flow will support. And so we have to be very careful at that point. Sir, there is some risk in involved in this, but um, we also need to, to make calculations calculations so that you're taking intelligent risks. And is that uh, how it ends with growth and scaling at a sustainable rate? That's the process that we have for leading people through at this point. Anything more than that, we, we will work with people beyond that on an individual one-to-one -one basis. But we have a, a regular program that we've put, put together for working with people in in groups or um, on teams. Okay, well that sounds fantastic. Uh, I'm not sure how much uh, detail you want to uh, share about the specifics of the course, where you could get it, and the price and such. The best way, well, I don't know. How do you want to answer that? I think the best way is to have them get in touch with us I, and talk. I think so because you know. It is a, it's a great program, but some folks may, may need a
and we offer it in different ways depending on people's situations, whether we uh, do one-to-one visits with them on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis, or whether they're just part of our coaching group and involved in group coaching and one-to-one coaching. There's radically different uh, price points for all the, the different options. But we've tried to provide options for people in different situations. As, um, as you may know, I mean, that's what the Frug Life is all about, going out and you know, creating a business, creating methods of making money, all so that you can live the life you want to live. Right. We've also, you know, when we started out our retirement journey, we were looking at dramatically cutting our expenses so that we could live on what we what we have available. But then we began looking at what kind of income can we generate that will help us to do other things that we couldn't afford on our limited pension. One of the things we also do is help other people that are retiring to think it through what skills and experience and gifts do they have that could be monetized in order to make use of what they have. We don't try to get everybody into one model to do what we do, but rather to build on the gifts that they have. That seems smart to me. Everybody's different. Everybody has a slightly different way and slightly different needs retirement you know they're thinking of their grandparents they're thinking of someone with white hair and a cane um but you know we've got a lot of friends in their 30s and 40s who have retired and it's Mm -hmm. not so much it's retiring from something maybe the nine to five you know working for someone else but you've got to know what you're retiring to (laughs) you know are you retiring just sitting around watching netflix all day or are you retiring you know like david and i have you know, found a new career, a new passion that we can, that everybody's got something inside them, some dream that they want to do, mm-hmm. but they're, you know, for whatever reason, not doing it. And so that retirement process speaks to those people as mm-hmm. well, or in particular. That's awesome. That's just great. Helping align people with a purpose, helping people achieve their goals. I really, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Something that we're finding very sure. rewarding as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. One of the things, if, if people would like to find out more, we have a, a tool that they can download that will give them at least an idea of our coaching okay. and how to connect further with us. And, okay, it's at https colon backslash backslash David N, the letter N, dana.gopages.co slash solution. And we'll give that link to you in writing too, so that you can make sure that your podcast listeners have, have those, the links to, to contact us. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, that link among all the other links for contact info for David and Dana will be in the show notes. Okay. And perfect. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our the audience right now? Um, just that you know we we have this passion to help others, and we all know that you all have some passion burning in your heart too, and we don't want that to smolder and go out. 
We want you to act on it. So if you don't know where to turn, if you've never even shared this with your best friend, but it's just rattling around in the back of your mind, like maybe I want to be a dog walker. How do I do that? Or I've always wanted to bake cakes. How do I start a business? I mean, if those things are rattling around in your head, you need to reach out and we would love, we would love to work with you and help you think through the steps that you need to take to make that a reality. That's awesome. That is fantastic. And you know, if you don't listen to those burning desires within you, they will eventually disappear. Well, perfect. Well, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. I. Mm -hmm. Oh, please. Brett, you mentioned you were going to maybe be vacationing to Mexico in the near future. And I promised you I would give you a tip or two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, we traveled to Mexico many, many times before we actually moved here. But I think, uh -huh. word to the wise, one thing for sure, when you're here, if you're here like mm -hmm. in a group or at a resort or something like that, that's great. You get any little adventure bug coming to you that you want to go out and started, you know, investigating and checking out the, the locals, yes. be very careful to okay. travel in groups. Not that it's not safe. Don't get me wrong, but this is just practice when you're in a strange country, mm -hmm. um, travel in groups and do not flaunt your wealth. Uh -huh. So that's, that's my, my words of wisdom. Yes. While there are incidents, you know, that happen in our country and other countries, um, people in Mexico are afraid to travel to the U.S. because of all the shootings we hear of. So, um, yeah, you know, it it goes both ways. But if you're traveling to a poorer country than your own, you need to remember that things that you maybe you take for granted in terms of uh, jewelry or uh, the car you drive or such are conspicuous displays of wealth in a different country that can that can be dangerous um people around you that that have never That's seen such wealth in mind thank you oh, yes. have have a wonderful time exactly. and enjoy the beautiful climate and all of the, the fun. wonderful people yes yes the food it, even if they just come to our blog they'll find lots of information and helpful articles there on how to get started Oh, I am very excited. I am very excited, and thank you. Growing up in San Diego, I've always been close to Mexico, but I've never been to Mexico City in particular, so I'm excited. All right, well, thank you so much, David and Dana, for being on the show. Hey, thank you, Ricky. And uh, for everybody who's interested, all of those links, like I mentioned before, will be in the show notes. There'll be ways for you to get in contact with David and Dana if you would like to start or, or grow your business thank you perfect well thank you i think this will be a great value add to my listeners okay uh let's see it's us in this week i know it's in this week sounds like you've got a busy uh time coming up we'll be taking a trip to the u.s um to visit our grandkids in october it's in pennsylvania oh of course all right well, I will check in with you again, perhaps after I get out uh, back from Mexico. Uh, and thanks again for coming on the show.